The IMG Roadmap is the only podcast dedicated to coaching international medical graduates and success blueprints for this unique pathway. I am Dr. Nina Loom, your host, a previous IMG turned hospital medicine physician, healthcare administrator, speaker, and coach. I empower, encourage, and equip you with actionable steps that you can take towards the residency position of your dreams. Hey everyone, welcome to this live session on how to find research positions as an IMG. Um, I am waiting for everyone to come on. It looks like, um, yeah, some people are coming on already. Welcome, 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 welcome guys. Welcome to this live session. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to add Dr. Kulikan so that she can join me because we're going to do this together. So just drop in the chat. Tell me where you're dialing, where you're joining in from. I'd like to know where you are currently. And also let me know what phase in the IMG journey that you're on. Like, are you, you know, a third year student at Caribbean? Are you a physician in another country? Are you in the States and doing rotations, observerships? I kind of want to know a little bit about you. All right, we have Boston, Massachusetts. We have Connecticut in the house. Hey guys, hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, hi. welcome. Joining from Virginia, joining India. Hi, 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 Wafa, how are you? Hi, Dr. Lum, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Your, your sound is really great. I should oh, wear okay. my headphones still, but actually, let me get my AirPods on. Okay. I think it's gonna make it even better. My AirPods get lost in my scarf and I always worry about them falling out, so I'm like, I'm just yeah. gonna stick to the old stuff. You're gonna stick to that one, yeah, that makes sense. Let's see if it's I think I'm connected. Okay, great. It's gonna be better now. Hi, everyone. Welcome. See, so we have tons of people joining. I mean, from everywhere. We we'll just give it a few yeah. minutes, mm -hmm. and then we'll head right into it. But let's just let's just let's talk for a little. So I'm hoping everyone has listened to your episode because then you gave your introductions. But mm -hmm. you know, everyone that's on this call, I'm gonna introduce myself, and then I'll let you introduce yourself, and we'll just hop right into some conversation. So I'm Nina Loom. I'm family medicine trained. I'm a hospitalist. I work in Kentucky. I also encouraging, empowering IMG um, through their pathway. I do that with podcasting, with my blog, drloom.com, and the IMG Roadmap Podcast. So I had Dr. on the podcast, and we had tons of questions regarding research. And so we decided to come together and do this live session so we could address those questions live, particularly guiding people to position. Um, Dr. Kulikan, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself for those who maybe haven't listened to your episode? so that they can uh, kind of learn a little. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Rafa Kulihan, and I'm tuning in from Houston, of all Yay. places. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I work as a clinical research coordinator in pediatric neurology, and I just stumbled into research without meaning to, and I have been introduced to this world of research. And what I mainly do is that I conduct cl clinical trials for um, different patients, depending on what kind of treatments they need, or trying to check like for the drugs itself, like try to see the efficacy and if they actually work for our patient demographic or not. So while working in this, I actually started noticing that as an MD that there were a lot of places where if people choose to be in research, they can go down that lane as well. But there were tons of opportunities for us MDs to get in and really like amp up our CVs when it comes to applications and kind of work within a niche that's just basically hidden from a lot of us. And I really didn't really find much information when I was Googling. So I just thought, 
if I can share my perspective with people and maybe if they can get some useful information, why not? Right, absolutely. And I love that you did because it sparked a whole world of chin around this topic. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the key things that I want to share with everyone, so you you are a graduate from, I mean, China, right? Yes. (laughs) But you're from Saudi. So you have a very diverse background. I like to point that out because I want people watching to also relate with the fact that you're doing this while you're in the process of working on your, your portfolio, really, mm-hmm. towards yeah. your future residence application. And so one of the big questions that people was asking me is like, how do I get research? How do I get research? But before we even hop into it, because I want you to share a little bit about how you got research and how other people can seek out those positions. I just want to touch on one thing. When it comes to the U.S. residency pathway, mm-hmm. and there, it's, it's specialty specific. So there are some specialties, such as like the surgical specialties that really honor Um, publications and maybe clinical Mm -hmm. research okay there are other specialties that are also interested in scholarly activity but you don't have to have had publication in a major reputable journal for example Um, and there are different tiers when it comes to residency application Mm -hmm. with that you can do as a student and participate in a case series a case report cross-sectional study um, you know uh, I'm just thinking out on just different types of research that Mm -hmm. are available you can do all of those and still count the specialty because the research project that you participate in is really a way to tell your pioneer in your specialty or the leaders in your specialty that you have a sense of interest in advancing this because that's what research research Absolutely. is about question bringing a solution to clinicians who are on the floor seeing patients bringing a solution that changes the health of the population so when you look at it that way report a case uh, you could write a case report about a, uh, something you saw on the wards and that will carry a lot of weight, especially if you end up presenting that at a conference. You can participate in a cross-sectional survey and have your, your findings uh, written out with the guidance of her, and that will count as You can be in a randomized control clinical trial, right? Which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you tell us some about that too. Mm-hmm. And, and that is like the big brother of all research, but you don't always have to have all of that to be no. a competitive applicant for, for residency applications. So I just want us to kind of lay that kind of groundwork. Mm-hmm. But tell us about how you found it and how you think IMGs can go about finding positions, especially someone that's as diverse as you, you know, having a background in two different countries and then here in the States practicing, I should say, you know, participating in clinical research. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you kind of laid that out there because I got bombarded by questions and I was like, "Uh, I'm not a pro at this, but I tried to answer as many questions as possible. And I'm glad we did the live session because I think coming from a different background, like research in Saudi Arabia, research in China, research in Pakistan, India, Nepal, like all of the countries is different. Everyone associates research as publishing a paper as simply put. But what people need to just be more aware of is that there's medicine and research as itself as an entity. And then within those, there are tons of ways that you can pick and choose whatever applies to you, your specialty, your personality, whatever highlights your strengths and weaknesses. For me, yes, I had definitive, I think, instead of being worried about, I come from way too many countries or I've been traveling around, I was afraid that a lot of the programs might think that I am not serious enough, that I change my mind quite often. And I think when you come to a new country like United States, you get bombarded with all of this information. You're just not sure where to go and where to make sense of what. 
And that's pretty much where I was starting from. And I started like four years ago and I was at complete loss because we also have to take into consideration that these are shoes. I don't have the money for it. Uh, we're also working through the whole process of getting our degrees approved and all of that. So if we put all of that aside, the first thing I did was print out your CV, make tons of copies of it. I just put it in my car and put on my GPS 15 miles around all the private doctors that were working near me. And it didn't matter what specialty they were doing. It was just about getting the foot in the door. So I just would go around and then I spotted a place. I'll take a CV, I'll walk in, drop it off at the reception. So I think by the fourth one that I went and dropped off, I just told them like, do you have a position? Do you have an observership? Do you have anything? that I can help with. And then the doctor was just get, finishing up with one of the patients. She's like, come in. And I walked in, gave my introduction. And she was like, okay, you can start on Monday as an observer. So that's where I started. And then when I told her about a little bit about my journey, where I'm coming from, what are my goals? She's like, oh, have you tried research? Oh, maybe if you talk to this person. So a lot of the doctors are very open to helping, but you just need to present yourself in front of them so they can recognize, okay, this is a person that I can help. It's very hard that you send an email. It's not visual, if you get what I mean. It's If I'm not there in front of you, it's very hard for them to be like, there was this person who emailed me back in January. Let me connect that person. Very few of us can do that because doctors are working every day. They're seeing like tons of patients every day. They have tons of activities. So it's not on their forefront to make sure that they pick and choose and match students. It's not part of their job. So you have to make sure that you present yourself in front of people and let them know about your goals about what you want to do and whether yeah. that's research or anything is just about don't be afraid that if I'm not getting my door in the research then I can't do anything if I'm not getting through it find ways that you can get in um, a lot of the students actually aim for going for the big names and big universities plain and simple they're like oh I'm gonna go to university of this I'm gonna go to UCLA I'm gonna go to Harvard I'm gonna go to Yale very good but in order to get there you have to start something because they're also yeah. looking for exceptional people. They have tons of applications coming in. So they want to make sure that the people that they choose to be a part of their community knows what they're doing and would be able to match up with their needs as well. So if you are aiming for Harvard and Yale, yes, aim high, absolutely. But also try to take advantage of the community you're coming from and what resources you have and kind of build over there. Don't all immediately just assume Harvard. Why didn't I get it? My heart is crushed. You have to just build it up with your experience. And that's how you get to that point. So I'm, yeah. I'm just glad you touched on that. And that's what I did. I got into observership. I told the, the doctor about my intentions. She pointed me out to a private research facility. And it was owned by a group of doctors that were conducting research for cardiology. And I went over there and because they didn't have a lot of people uh, they just were like, do you want to get trained? Minimum wage, I'm telling you, but it's worth it. Because I was getting something, I was learning something I had no idea about. So whether it would be writing papers for them, whether it was just doing simple assessments on patients, or whether it was just observing or tagging along with them and doing blood draws, it was just something to add to it. And when you prove your worth over time, I think I spent about eight months, then I started seriously applying for jobs everywhere else networking with people and that's when it eventually that I moved into pediatric neurology yeah and mm -hmm. just some things that you talked you talked about that I want to highlight in, in what what you share 
So there's another myth in the IMG community that the IMG has to be the first author that publishes the article in, you know, New England Journal for it to qualify, right? Yeah. And that is so not true because in the U.S. medical system, you only become the expert after you've obtained residency training if you're talking about Mm -hmm. a physical specialty. So the specialty is not expecting you to have all these before you come in. They want you to bring your skill set, what you've learned into Mm -hmm. um, your residency training. And then they're going to use that to develop you in becoming the first author and most and more. Now, if you already have that and you're already, you know, someone that's maybe an MD, PhD, or you have a prior science and you've already been participating in research, that's fine. That's great. Mm -hmm. But it's not a you become the first author on a randomized control trial to be considered competitive. Um, Absolutely. Just kind of of pointing that out. So someone need any certification to do anything in the U.S.? Did you need ECFMG certification to do this research? No, I didn't. No, because the position for research, a lot of people from different fields join in. Most of them should at least have bachelor's and about a year or two worth of experience. With you having an MBBS degree, it means that you have a graduate level degree. So sometimes some places you can apply if you have a working visa that you can apply and they would take you on minimum experience because they believe that the medical knowledge that you would have would easily translate and you would be able to learn pretty quickly. Otherwise, um, I don't think that you can get a paid research job on visas that don't allow you with a work permit. Yeah. 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 Because obviously that's outside of scope of the facility. You must have a, a, a work visa or a work permit or some kind of status that allows you to work in order to mm-hmm. get any of these positions legally in the country. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, so what I did, mine wasn't a paid, when I was a student, mm-hmm. it wasn't a paid position. I was on a B, B1, B2 visa. Mm-hmm. So I could see somebody, some people in the comments are talking about the B1, B2 visa. And I was on a B visa and I did participate in research, but I was, yes. I was a volunteer. Um, but it was good for me because for me, it was all about getting the, the experience. It was mm-hmm. me about getting the, the qualification to say she did research and here, here's what it was. And ours was, we were doing the fecal, fecal immunochemical testing for colon cancer. And so it was something that I, I, I was interested in, you know, mm-hmm. just in general, general medicine, colon cancer affects most people. And so it was just a volunteer and, and I was doing data entry, talking to students, getting people registered teaching them how to use the devices, taking out their information, following up with them that they had completed their test and submitted them back to us for us to run them. So there are just several steps to that and claim it as a research facilitator. Role. Yes. But it was, obviously I was. Now you can, if you're on a B1, B2, then yes, you may want to look at, if you're in the States, you want to look at a volunteer within a research project. So Absolutely. just some tips, because the title of this was how to find research positions. For mm-hmm. those that are in the state, some things that you can do. One, you can look up all the universities in your area. Just like Dr. Hood Khan said, she kind of looked in her zip code and was like, what's next door? You can call them or present yourself at your own risk, obviously. Um, and then you can definitely look out for, like, look up, look up, like, their science departments, because that's really where you may find any yes. kind of, um, you know, biological or chemical research or anything in the biochemistry, mm-hmm. like, any kind of, like, cancer research, you know, those types of things, you find them within the, the, the like, the Department of Research, if they have one, or yeah. some science-related department. 
Um, and it's really about going down the rabbit hole, looking up these things on the internet, because most of yeah. them are not just flashy. You know, I've never seen oh, no. you know, them. No. They're just there. They just exist. Yeah. You just have to kind of reach out and say, hey, are you looking for a volunteer? Um, I'm looking, I have interest in whatever you're researching, and yeah, I would like to help. Um, in some places, you may find a listing for and they'll have sure. your, yeah. um, you, you know, you'll have your, your qualifications on there that you can put. Now, the second way you can do it, obviously, is by going through programs, the programs, and even yeah. um, clinical programs that have a designated research position. And they're there. They're out there. There's actually like a transition year program, I think, for IMGs. I've, I've seen that in Pennsylvania. Um, I have the exact name of the program, but they have like a one-year program where IMGs can come in and get like oriented into the U.S. system or whatever. Yes. You know, there are several programs like that that, okay, mm -hmm. so you can also look into that. The third thing, they're also, um, obvious, as we all know, there are paid opportunities to be an observer, which can open up a door for you to eventually meet the yes. researcher. So that's another way. The fourth way is speaking to your alumni. So if you have alumni in your school, your friends, like people that have done it, you ask them, how did you do it? How did you find yours? Mine, as a student, when I was here on a B1, B2, the way I found it was by just word of mouth, talking to yes. somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. So yeah. I talked to another student who had done some kind of similar project. I was in Chicago at the time. The Cook County Hospital is a big hospital. Mm -hmm. They have a lot going on. I was on their website knocking on doors. And then I just literally stumbled upon it one day while I was doing a rotation. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times just talking to people is one way. If you have mentors, ask them, ask them Absolutely. for direction, ask them where to do, where to go. Even if you're located outside of the state, you can start where your your research doesn't yeah. have to be in the United States. No, and that's the best thing. That is, I think, absolutely the best thing. I think for medical students who are already in their schools, try to use your resources within your school, your professors and everyone. If you show your interest, if you're putting yourself out there, they're bound to, you might get like no's, eight no's, but all you need is one yes. So that's there but if you are already a graduate you're coming here and you're giving your steps and you want to make sure that you're able to get it I think the best way is like you mentioned like you have to really go down that ra rabbit hole and try to find it and I think a lot of people will feel disheartened about it but trust me with research it's all about getting your foot in the door once you get that foot in the door it just becomes a lot easier knowing more people and knowing what is the best best thing for you to do in the limited time that you have yeah so if yeah. you're located someone's asking canadian research yes it would count because yes you have to understand that you have to understand something guys this is not about you be somebody that you're not when it comes to residency application it's about being who you are and if mm -hmm. you are interested in general you should be interested in general surgery in canada or in cameroon or in saudi or in china it should be the same yeah and so by proof to me that you have done clinical moves your interest in general surgery. You want to advance a specialty. And maybe you've participated by shadowing or mm -hmm. writing a case report on a rare ease that you found or, you know, something that aligns with that special. So I yes. think sometimes this whole rat race of trying to get into residency, we lose our virtues. We lose our sense of like reality. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to the States and be in a randomized controlled trial and be the first author. No, absolutely not. Start yeah. small. Show yeah. interest. Show initiative. That's all they need. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and you don't have to be the first, the leader. You could be the assistant. You can be the mm -hmm. facilitator. <laughs> And you still get, you know, you still get credit for doing the work because again, yeah. most important thing is learning the tenets of research in that specialty and then developing that over the course of your career 
through residence and after. Yeah. Um, so if you, whatever country, start where you are and work with your preceptors, work with your attendants and start getting publications if you can, or even posters, um, reports, you can get those done wherever you're at. You don't have to wait until you get a job that pays you dollars in the States, like maybe Dr. Kulikhan got in order to consider like, oh, now you have research. Um, yes. Yeah, someone's asking how to um, all of that with rotation working and being an IMG that has bills and responsibilities. <laughs> so that's basically that? me. <laughs> that's all of me. I think like, I just, I'm glad like we're able to talk about this uh, even more because I wanted to actually point out that just like you had mentioned earlier, that different um, the specialties have different requirements. So some are research heavy, some are not. So for example, if you even target specific, as long as you're able to write a paper or you're able to get some sort of research opportunity, whether it's doing a paper or assessments or anything, they still count as under as research assistant, as research coordination. It still counts within that. It's all about including whatever you do in your CV and making sure that other um, people who, are, who will be viewing your CV can actually see that as well. And some of the specialties are more open to getting people and other ones are highly specific. Uh, aiming for hematology and oncology, they need experience. So they usually try to shut down anyone with minimum experience. That's uh, whether you're writing papers, whether you want to coordinate trials, or you want to get into research. Because for oncology, it's highly competitive. So they usually prefer having people with about five years of experience. So I would suggest everyone to really aim for internal medicine because it's research. There is tons of research that is done, but there's also tons of doctors that are want to get published. Uh, pediatric neurology is up and up upcoming because I'm there personally as well. There are a lot of doctors that are getting slowly getting involved in research. So feel free to try that over there as well. Adult neurology is very research heavy. So if anyone is trying to go towards adult neurology or just wants to get some sort of, or they're out of hope, try to get into adult neurology as well. You never know. Maybe you might meet someone. You, you might want to look into that specialty. And even if not, at the end of the day, you get an experience. They're not, I don't believe that the doctors out there who are trying to get you as a resident will be focusing so much on, but you didn't do research in pediatric neurology. That's not their concern. What they're really focusing on is that you really tried as an international medical graduate to get into the system and do your best wherever you could. And it's all about presenting it. I was presented with an opportunity and I took it and I learned from it. Yeah. So I, I just would like to say that just because you're going to neurology, don't just focus on neurology. Try to look in all opportunities everywhere. And like look into all specialties. So my top three recommendations for the, and you can say facilities that are more open to uh, letting students in will be internal medicine. It would be adult neurology and cardiology. So these three, they would definitely are constantly, a lot of private doctors are also heavily involved in research. So they would really appreciate having kids coming in and be like, hey, can we help you? Can we write this for yeah. you? Yeah, and yeah. make sure that you actually tell that. Try to have that conversation with the doctors. Be like, oh, I have worked on this. This is what I'm interested in. Do you think there are any interested cases that you have noticed and I can write on them? They can be the first author if they need. That's fine because they will teach you how to write the case reports and the review articles or whatever it is. All you need is that little name 
in that paper and then you can just build up on it yeah absolutely so we have some questions they're asking the research needs to be in english so obviously mm-hmm. you're eras of english so you're going to quote the you're going to cite the article in english um it, the research paper itself can be in whatever language that you write it in but you, you your citation is definitely going to have an english translate yes. um once asking it's tough to get into position we just laid out all the ways to get research so you can mm-hmm. go back and watch this video it's going to stay on my profile um watch it and get more tips um someone's asking how to improve manuscript how do you improve your manuscript can you give any tips on that practice makes perfect <laughs> honestly tons of uh, um making sure that if you have a subscription to one of the journals like pubmed i think if you're a medical student if you're interested in research try to get a subscription to pubmed.gov that's where mo- majority of the um any sort of research article or any case report everything gets published over there so if you have access to such you can always go through papers and look at their layout and see how other people have submitted so you know that when you're publishing to another journal this is the format that they're following so yeah. you can just look in that yeah and you know i was just thinking about this because if people keep asking how do i get this i'll give you an example i live in kentucky right now if i was looking for a research project today what i'll do is i'll think universities that are located in kentucky Mm-hmm. and i'll think of the major academic centers that have residencies or at least affiliation with them or large science departments and by science i mean medicine dentistry like all the sciences health sciences and i will quickly go on the website find a number and i'll start calling mm-hmm. and i'll ask for what research department do you have what what do you have ongoing so for example that would mean i'll look into university of kentucky and i'll look into university of louisville because i know that there must be some in some yeah. department yeah. and i'm just going to start calling in asking what's going on, you know, what department can I talk to about research and da da da. And we googled a bunch of phone calls. You can find out what's being researched at both these universities. And then I'll start emailing everybody I can find or if I'm courageous, I'll probably go by in person because you see the building, it'll say Susan G Coleman Center for Research or whatever. You, know, <laughs> you see it right there. Yes, you and can. And I'll present myself and I'll say, you know, I'm a doctor from XYZ country or I'm a medical student in the Creek. I'm a third year. I'm kind of in limbo now with COVID looking to help. I bet yes. you, you'll stumble on somebody that is willing to either take you under their wings or show you the ropes or give you something to do. So yeah. I think a lot of times because we haven't looked and we haven't really put ourselves out there. I absolutely um, agree. So it always comes asking if, if it's beneficial to do research in any field due to COVID. I'll tell you a funny story. So not, it's not funny. Actually, it's actually a really good story. Um, last April, May, I, um, I did my online course, the AMG Roadmap. It's like a six week life course. And each Sunday we met in a life group coaching session, kind of like this, but in private. And one of the students wanted research so bad. And I gave him this same thing. I said, it's the middle of a pandemic right now. We still don't know what we're doing. I mm-hmm. bet you created a case report on anything pandemic related. You'll have somebody wanting to read it. And so he took that. It was his clinical rotation. And he took that and talked to his preceptor. During his rotations, was looking out for cases to present. You know, like we had, that's like the loss of smell, loss of taste, the neurological mm-hmm. things that were coming up. So he had one case that ended up with a stroke, which was one of the things we learned was it, COVID causes a lot of um, thrombophilia, like in different ways, you know, either clawed strokes and PE risk and such. And he wrote a paper, which ended up getting published in, in a journal by because that was something that was like everybody was hot for that event like we wanted all the you could get them 
case report, case series, anything. And he sent that to me by email. It was like, wow, thanks for just giving us the idea of thinking outside the box. And so sometimes you can create your own. He could have waited for somebody to come in and tell him, this is my research and here's what to do. Or like he did and say, can I present on this case? Can I write a case series on it? Are you going to review oh, yeah. it? And can we submit it to a few journals and see if they'll want to have my case report published? And so sometimes you have to be innovative. You have to put yourself out there and try. It's just not going to fall yeah. in your lap. And just be yeah. not so um, narrow in your I think it's good to be focused, but just be open to opportunities and seeing like how that opportunity can best serve you. The best thing right now when you're applying for a residency is that you are a student. Nobody is looking at you just as a professional. They're trying to see you now and the potential you have. So if you're as a student, you need to showcase different strengths that you have. So just being like, oh, I don't have research and I can't do this, whether it be your extracurriculars, it would be your leadership skills, whether it be your volunteer work, whether it's your research or thinking outside of the box and finding creative solutions, that sets you apart from people. And those are the kind of doctors that we need to see in our facility. COVID happened. It was a nightmare. And it was up till now, our department has been, has been scrambling around, making sure everything is perfect. We have different kinds of situations depending on every uh, department. Like, it's, it's a mess. But we have certain people, whether it's doctors or nurses, people like you who have creative solutions that helped us overcome this and come on the brighter end of it. So I just want, like, I know as IMG students, we get so overwhelmed about whether we're doctors or not, whether we're good enough or not, we're competing with the American students, are we going to make it or not? There's so many self-doubt and questions. I just want to make sure that highlight your strengths, highlight what sets you apart, highlight what makes you a good candidate. And whether it be through research, whether through the extra coders, it's just about how you present yourself. So I really believe in that. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. And when I listen to you talk, I'm like, wow, you know, she's gonna, she's gonna do really well. And she's gonna make it far because I, I, hope wish so. more people, <laughs> I wish more people had the mindset you had, because sometimes there's a rush, just check a box that we're not even mm -hmm. doing good quality work. Like, mm -hmm. we just want to check a box, like, you know, can I just check this box? But that's not the, okay. Yeah, There, there's not a point just like, you know, go ahead and just like try to check a box every time. Like you need mm -hmm. to sometimes do things diligent. Okay, you need to sometimes yeah. take your time and do the work. And this is going to answer and says, can you do part-time research in order to prepare for you as an exam? You could participate in research while preparing for an exam. There's no reason why you can't. You can't do yeah. that. Because it's not supposed to be a full-time where you're doing like 12 hours every day, seven days mm -hmm. a week. You can you can work on a schedule that works for you. You can mm -hmm. say, I'm going to do one day a week or two days a week where I dedicate my time to my research. And then six days, five days, I'm studying. That's plenty of time to study, right? Oh, yeah. Set your yeah. deadlines and yeah. do that. And do it. And do it. And right. Also, one thing that's very important for everyone to know, no matter what part of the world you're in, if you find that there's a group of students that are interested in research and that you feel like we know how to write papers or case reports or whatever, when you're going on your rotations, wherever you might be, why don't you all three get together and actually start practicing and working on manuscripts and talk to a trusted professor? That way you have a group of people where you can discuss ideas and it's just 
you also have three different peoples working towards the same goals. You're just maximizing your resources. So yeah. if you have you have three people working on one project and you approach three different professors, you just have a higher likelihood of getting better information and making sure that you're applying to the right kind of journals, that you're not missing out on anything, and that you're utilizing your resources to the best of your potential. Use your university. Use your peers. Use your mentors. And please just tell people what you want. I think you need to yeah. go and tell like, I need help with this. I think a lot of us struggle with that. Yeah. And I, that was something I needed to learn and be like, listen, I'm lost. I need to prove myself. I am capable of love. Just use me in whatever way possible. And before I knew it, I am in research where I feel that I'm very blessed and I have the luxury to be like, I can go into residency and if I choose to stay in research, I still have a very good future here. So yeah. it's just, you never know what's out there. Yeah. So Wally was talking about, just dropped a comment saying that. Was yeah, him. I saw that. <laughs> so I, Wally, can you just tell us how you, how you initiated that process? Because I think most of the people that reach out to um, uh, Wafa and that also reach out to me about this research question, the problem is in contact. Yes. It's like, there's that month that we don't want to even start. Like, how do yeah. I start? You think so much about how you and how impossible it is that you can't even be creative to think about. Well, I live down the University of C. Let me see what they have, right? Yes. Well, I live down the Kentucky. Let me find out if they have opportunity. You know, sometimes it starts by just asking that question. Like you need to ask an open-ended question and just start digging down that road, and you will find yeah. something. You won't. You will never find what you're not looking for. Like you have to be looking for you to find it. And so Absolutely. sometimes I feel like that's the mind block that people mm -hmm. go through is getting over that like what if what if what if instead of like i'm just gonna do it and see what happens right like you just have you're to gonna get a no anyway yeah. sitting at home you're gonna get a no that's a no yeah. already but what if yeah. you get a yes what if a doctor's like uh let me check with a friend of mine or a nurse is like hey i'm working on something can you help me because i'm a full-time and maybe you can help me two hours a week or something there you go yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, you know, like people don't realize you don't put yourself out there. Okay. So yeah, one of the things, obviously Instagram I do is like motivating people, but mm -hmm. I'm starting to learn, like, I don't want to motivate people. I want people to take action. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't want to just tell you a nice thing because it doesn't make a difference if you don't take action. And so if you're mm -hmm. on this life right now and because life is going to round up soon, we were planning for 30 minutes and we're a little bit over time, but if you're on this life <laughs> oops. right now, yeah, oops. Um, <laughs> This is your cue to take action. This is your mm -hmm. cue to start Monday morning and start calling, looking at programs, spending so the spending time on you on Instagram. Go down that rabbit, seek out all the risks in your area, present yourself if you may. Okay, do whatever it takes to get you what you want, yeah. and don't stop till you get what you. Want. Be ready for no's because, like Dr. Kulikan said, you'll be sitting at home for a no. The only difference is you're soothing yourself with the pacifier, thinking mm -hmm. that you're not getting a no, not trying. Mm -hmm. So unless you have out there and just, just get into the hot oil, just get right into Just it. jump Burn. right in. Just jump. Like, and um, come, yeah. Just... It, and it's so true. It's funny, actually, you mentioned that because one of the doctors actually pointed out to me, like, when because I work for clinical trials, one of my job is that I help other doctors make sure that, okay, you need to sign. So for a study startup, I have to get a bunch of paperwork signed by doctors. And sometimes they have busy schedules. I can't expect them to just be available for me 24 seven. They're at a different clinic. And then I have my doctor's schedule and I 
had the stack of my paper and I texted him and I was like, I'm showing up at your clinic in five minutes. And he's like, are you serious? And he's sitting over there. He has like a five minute break. I'm like, sign these now. And he's like, you're a very persistent little lady. I was like, I'm helping you. I was yeah. like, I'm just making sure that when this d- hits the deadline and I, yeah. at, I know it was a bit of a risk, but at the same time, I'm glad that I did that because now that doctor has been helping me in ways and like teaching me things that I feel like I would have never gotten a chance to learn if I was just aiming for a residency program. So yeah. I was just, I just feel like for me, the minute that I took that bridge or that um, barrier out of my head, that the only way that I can be a doctor or the only way that I can learn is through residency. I just found myself in a room of so much opportunities that I can do this, I can do that. And I think that's what a lot of us IMGs and medical students just need. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, something I admire about you, you are being diligent, um, pursuing what you want in the sense that you you don't stop you hear these no's keep going but the key thing is i don't perceive when i see you that anxiety of i need to have it and i need to have it now and i think that's what's unfortunately negatively affecting a lot of IMGs. Mm-hmm. because what we don't for example last year there were 30,000 or a little like he did 30 to 33,000 puts in the match all special so each year there's always more applicants there than their position so there's just no way everybody's got the same time the same cycle some of us are just going to be the next cycle or the next cycle or the next cycle just by virtue of the and that she's put on themselves causes a lot of anxiety and doesn't help them achieve results because they're in a rush to take exams they're in a rush to do the next thing in a rush in a rush in a rush and i might because i feel like with you're you're doing it steadily like you still have that desire but you're doing it steadily but you're also creating yourself a plan, mm-hmm. which can obviously serve you in multiple whether it's as a resident researcher a physician researcher or even as a full-blown researcher down the road. So yes. I, I really admire that. Sometimes fast and doing it now is not always the right answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes taking your time and actually working on your research for a year or two years may actually make you more competitive down the road if you're in the right space, right? Absolutely. Because there's no way that you would not be able to a child neurology program after spending this much time in child neurology research, for example. Yes. Um, so... I just wanted to, um, that I, I find that vulnerable. And I can't even believe like I'm talking to you right now because I'm pretty sure that I have gone through all of your posts, all of your podcasts, because I think <laughs> it's so important to hear someone who you can relate to. And yeah. like you always have that. You not only tell us, oh, I'm going here to motivate you. You just hit us with the facts. Yes, you're going to be anxious. Yes, you're going to lose your mind. But this is how you get it. And that's the kind mm-hmm. of person that I am. I was like, I know I'm going to lose my mind. I am best friends with my anxiety, okay? Now tell me what I need to do about it. Like, I need a solution to it. So I'm just, like, so grateful for you taking the opportunity to just talk to me that and giving me that reassurance. I'm doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's helpful. I yeah. think you are. And so yeah. while he explains what he did to get his publication, so he says, I did a I did a review on a ton of papers and wrote the article mm. in many journals by accelerating publication on COVID and waiving any mm. fees. So I sent it to one. Um, after that, I was a research done at Columbia, which got published because they were impressed about the paper that opened doors. So again, this is a clear mm. cut of this is a clear cut example of Wale, who's one of the students in my Andrew mm. Map course. But he start you just start something, just do it, and then it yes. opens up another door, and then he gets another research at Columbia, which is a pretty good name. 
because some of us are always seeking names, but beyond that, we're seeking because those names are easily recognized by programs. So it's not Absolutely. wrong to seek names. It's not wrong. But you know, of you that always think, how do I get to publish of Columbia? Well, he started out by doing something at home, a, a collection of articles and a review of that. And then that offers opportunity to the big name that people are seeking out. So sometimes you just have to start. Like, yes. the biggest thing to start where you're, grow where you're just planning, it. going to work. Yes, you just start where you're at. And so if you Kay get a says, no, then move on. Yes, Fine. move on. No, another. Got a lot of no. She says, I've got so many no's because they're worried about social distancing and not taking people on. Keep trying. Keep yes. trying. All you need is one yes. And if um, they say that, oh, you can't come in, just say that's completely okay. Can I schedule us for a Zoom call every one or two weeks? You see, you're giving them a solution. You're giving them an idea. Can I schedule a call every one or two weeks so we can discuss on what I need to do and what are my expectations and the deadline? So the person's yeah. like, oh, really? I get a someone working on my papers already and gets all my work done and all I have to do is give them minutes for two weeks? Yeah, remember, there you go. When, when you go in assistant or facilitator, you're helping the people. Yes. You're making somebody's life easier. So you're yes. an asset. You're not a liability. You're an asset. Mm -hmm. um, so don't forget. Uh, just is asking, as a current first year, when would be the best time to get involved? You can get involved now. You can start now. Anytime is Yeah. Time. There's anytime. no perfect time. Um, but you don't want to let it consume all your time. You can do very mm -hmm. little. You can do basic science research. It doesn't have to be great. Just do little yeah. things. And before we even talk about research, before I leave, if you're a medical student and you're in a current school and you're third and fourth year, you should be presenting a poster during your rotations. You should be presenting um, oral presentations because those also go in your ERAS. You should be looking for, um, and, and like I mentioned, post this year this year in 2021 there's still going to be conferences so there's still going to be conferences for most societies mm -hmm. some of them are virtual most of them are virtual most you can still them, present yes. yeah you can still present at a virtual conference and you still count telemedicine telemedicine oh, yes. is growing fast you can be that pioneer do what wally did gather up a, a couple of articles and evaluate the difference between telemedicine in 2020 mm -hmm. and telemedicine in the year 2000 what has changed okay and that's something to medscape you can submit to whatever uh, journal that you have the most access to. And tell me that they rejected a well-written article. So, and that, it may, that, that may not be viewed publication, mm -hmm. but it would still be a research. It would still fall under posters and presentation on your URAS application, which shows your mm -hmm. interest in the clinical specialty because that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. Time's up. If you have any questions, leave them in the comment. Share this live. It'll share with your friends, your families, other IMG. My goal this year, last year I had to help 1,000 Gs. I, I think I well exceeded that. But my goal is to be upfront and bring you guys. I, there's, you know, I'm not hiding anything anymore. Like I'm bringing you guys the information straight from my house to you. Um, I really want to see more and more and more IMG succeed. So thank you for joining me, Dr. Kulikhan. I really need your time out to come on tonight. I know it's your week off. You could be doing so many things. <laughs> but I appreciate your time and I, I have your uh, future and, and your roadmap. Yeah. I think you've created a path for yourself that I've never met another IMD in that space and, and who has embraced it like you have. And I know that it's going to Thank you so much for having me. This has been like therapy for me. I'm sorry <laughs> if I was like reading through I've never done, but I just feel a little less cluttered. But I, I know the pain everyone is going through and it just gets better. It's just 
it definitely gets better. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. leave a word for she sent me that message. I, I saw your email. She sent me an email. Another thing you can do uh, for those that are in rotations right now, if you're in a rotation, say, for example, you're doing an OBGYN rotation and you're interested in OB, don't leave that rotation. You've done like at least one or two oral presentations until you've identified yes. one case that you can write a report on until you've connected with that preceptor and asked them if you can even publish in your in their um, journal or whatever or whatever links that they have for that but you want to make sure that you have your preceptor liking you obviously there are ways to do that be just being a nice person but then also to, but that's a whole different topic for another day yeah really <laughs> but i just saw her name and i remember the email that she sent to me but thanks so much thanks for joining thank us. you dr Rohan. all right bye, all right guys. bye bye i don't know how to edit <laughs> it's the it's the x of the, the x topic. okay <laughs>